just because other people don't see us as what we are doesn't mean that we can't all come together and see each other as we are. Hello and welcome to Unheard Youth Voices. We are a podcast created at Edmonton Centre for Race and Culture, focusing on newcomer youth voices all across Canada. We're featuring what Canadian newcomer youth have to say about identity, migration, and belonging. I'm your host, Rose Eva Forge Jenkins. This episode is entitled, Organizing Together. We started off this episode with a quote from Aisha. I use this quote to start off the episode because it shows us how community events can have an impact on our sense of identity and belonging. I think that Aisha's words really beautifully sum up why community events are so important. You'll hear more from Aisha later on in the podcast when she talks about her participation in the State WOC event in Edmonton. During the making of this podcast, I attended two events that were focused on promoting voices that aren't usually heard in the mainstream. While I was in Montreal, I attended the Montreal vs. Racism event. We hear from the organizer of the festival, as well as the performers, who've made a name for themselves in the Montreal music scene. The second event that you're going to hear from is the Stay WOC festival that happened in Edmonton. The Stay WOC organizers asked us, the Unheard Youth podcast, to take part in the event and showcase a preview of the podcast. We hear from the youth as they share their experience with attending the event and chat with the organizers as well. Both of the events featured in the podcast were being organized for the very first time. These events didn't have any huge corporate sponsorship or a blueprint to go off of from previous years. These were put together for the first time by folks who wanted to make a difference. We really want to thank these festivals for letting us get a chance to understand the challenges behind creating an event. Also, a note on the sound quality. A lot of these conversations took place at events where there was a lot of general celebration, live music, and a great deal of activity occurring. Our goal was to get the right balance of background noise that lets listeners get a sense of what it sounds like to experience these events. The first stop on our events calendar is the city of Montreal in the province of Quebec. This is where the Montreal vs. Racism Festival took place September 15th of 2018. This was a live music event with a variety of Montreal-based performers that took place in Notre-Dame-de-Grasse Park, or as it's commonly referred to, NDG. I talked to the festival organizer, Paul Carniello, about his motivation behind organizing the event and how it all came together. My name is Paul Carniello. Uh, I'm a singer-songwriter, but I also uh, am the organizer of this event. Yeah, it's an event that uh, that I put together after I, I started seeing that the extreme right had been mobilizing and, and setting up shop in Montreal. But then I heard that it was specifically in the borough of NDG Cotonej, which is the borough of, N of Montreal of, where I of which I live and currently reside and grew up. So it, it kind of stung a little extra hard and I was extra frustrated with that fact and uh, decided that maybe it would be cool to do a sort of rock against racism type concert. And I remember how, what a, 
an influence that had on on generations and generations of people when those that those concerts were happening in the 70s and 80s. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we do something similar in Montreal, a microcosmic version? And uh, that was it. And then just asked, and uh, people seemed game. Awesome. So I was wondering what uh, kind of artists that you asked or what kind of people did you uh, want to be part of this concert specifically? Well, I mean, for me, uh, I, I asked people who were, first of all, professional because this is a complicated kind of show. It's, it's a lot of groups. And uh, this, is a, this is a plug and play situation. Like people have to be good at just plugging in and doing their thing. Uh, so a lot of professionals, but, I ha but everybody has to be compassionate and have a social conscience. And... Uh, and I found, like, in Montreal, it was funny, you know, like, the artist community were, were incredibly open to this idea. And uh, I was happy to accommodate. But it, the hardest part was narrowing it all down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe you can describe right now what's going on. Uh, what are the sounds that we can hear? Well, right now is a band called the uh, Stomp All-Stars. So this is like a, a ska band that... Uh, it's, like a, it's like a mega group, all right? So there's, like members of the Planet Smashers and members of different stomp uh, label groups, which is really cool because it's all very anti-racist stuff and, you know, second wave and third wave ska. So, uh, yeah, that's, what's, that's who's playing right now. Awesome. Um, I'm wondering if you can give me your opinion on uh, what role that music plays within anti-racism dialogue. I think it's really important to speak out. I think it's really important to be verbal. I think it's really important to be outspoken in general and uh, as an artist uh, you know I, I think it's really our role like if when we get put microphones in front of us all the time and we get to actually say something for real so we should take advantage of that that scenario and don't just leave it to the status quo you know like because the status quo sucks and uh, any chance I get to rail against the status quo I will yeah, um, I really like the different booths that there, there are uh, situated around the festival and there's uh, some other booths where people can purchase things. Um, yeah, I'm kind of wondering uh, where you got those organizations from. Um, well, they, we ended up, again, social media has been very helpful. We posted something saying who would be interested in coming in and setting up shop. You know, once you, once you build it, they come. This is the way it, it always goes for event planning. Like if you build something that's well done and not just well-intentioned, but, but followed up on. Um, it, people will come to you. And in terms of that messaging of having it within this neighborhood and having it a community event, uh, what kind of message that sends to people who are here? And what kind of message do you want to send out? Well, look, you know, two, two three weeks ago, there was a, a black man who was shot in NDG, in the community of NDG. There are a very, there's a, a very palpable anger coming from the black community in NDG and it's totally legit there's a systemic problem all over the place but in Montreal as well and that systemic racism needs to be combated and uh, that's it I mean you know we we know uh, that that's going on there's an election going on I think uh, we needed to do it here because of the all these organizations coming here, the, sh the systemic racism that is being suffered here. Um, so I just wanted to do it in the heart of the, the belly of the beast, you know?
Did you want to talk about any other artists specifically that you chose? I noticed on the bill there's a lot of Mont artists that are from Montreal or speaking about NDG or that are really focused on that community. Can you speak a bit more about those artists specifically? Well, these are all artists that are that mix, you know, social justice with music. So this is it's it's funny, you know, like when you reach out to artists, some artists don't want to participate. They don't like to be politically outspoken and you got you got to know that those, you know, you don't you don't engage those artists for this kind of thing. Personally, I feel like um, the artists here are compassionate. They're not just talented, but they're compassionate people. They share that compassion for for our communities. That's what unites these bands, at least, for sure. And uh, I mean, I love all these artists: Malika, Tiralien, Creature, Aza, Jakarta. I've known Jakarta for years. Uh, I produced a lot of these artists. You know, a lot of these people are friends that that contacted me, and we got in touch with each other. I'm surrounded by friends and people that are like-minded. So this is a really nice concert for me. Yeah, so far in terms of the atmosphere, is that how, uh, yeah, like you said, surrounded by friends, is that how you felt so far in the concert? And then how do you hope that goes for the rest of the night as well? Oh, I hope this continues. I do feel like I'm surrounded by friends. It's a wonderful feeling and it's a big party and everybody seems to be having a good time. So I hope that continues for sure. And that's the vibe I want to live the rest of my life in. How's that? You know? Next up, we have my conversation with Aza. I talked to Aza backstage after her performance at the event. Here's my conversation with performer Aza. Hello, my name is Aza. I'm a singer, songwriter, actress, and human being. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you very much. So we're here today at the Montreal vs. Racism show. And can you tell me a bit about uh, what this show means to you? Well, I am a young black woman born and raised in Montreal. I have Burundian parents. I speak French, I speak English, a little bit of Spanish. I have friends from all around the world. And so I feel like it's a great way. Hi, Five. Nice to see you. Um, it's a great way to, to just showcase that and to just, uh, it's an opportunity to, to remind people that we're here and that, that we're cool, man. We're cool. Like, and I just, for me, the, the thing that matters the most is just celebrating differences and learning to um, be more accepting of ourselves and others. And so I think it's just, just a nice opportunity to share with people, connect with people from all around the world. And that's an opportunity I get pretty much every day living in Montreal. It's such a multicultural city and there are artists everywhere talking about many different things. And so for me, it's just an opportunity to come out, share a bit of my gifts and, and receive other people's gifts as well. I've been having conversations with some youths in Montreal and they talk about media representation and they say like they love Montreal, it's a beautiful city where you see folks of everyone walking around, but they say that isn't seen in the media, but then I think you're such an amazing voice for that. Yeah, definitely. And how do you think about, you know, when you see you, like what message do you want them to have? I just want, you know, I'm just hoping that when they listen to my music, they feel a little less alone, that they feel like they can do anything, like I said, and, I, and that they are the future. So don't play small, you know, and, and it's important to cohabitate and, you know, sometimes you have to compromise and sometimes you have to grow too. Like you're not, you were not, you were technically born perfect but we we all have things to learn and so be open to learning and you're not always right but for those things that really matter to you usually they come from a a good place so as long as it comes from a good place just go out there and shine and don't don't let yourself be 
I don't know, guilted? Because sometimes, I think that's something I dealt with, which, which was I didn't want to steal someone else's shine, but that's impossible. It's impossible to do. You either, when you shine, you help other people shine brighter. So hopefully when, when kids listen to my music or they see you know, the things that I'm doing, they, they get inspired to kick even more ass than I do. You know what I mean? Like to just go out there and be like, she could do it? Wait a minute. I got all of this. Right on. You know? Like, I, it, it, that's what really lights my fire is, is watching that spark light up in someone's eyes and like seeing their spirit come through, you know? And so hopefully that's what, that's what it sparks in the people who, who listen to my music and who, you know, follow me. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been lovely. Yeah, my name is Aza. You can follow me on Instagram at A-I-Z-A-B-B-Y, Aza Baby. You can find me on Facebook, on YouTube. I just dropped a sing- uh, music video for my latest single. Uh, it's called L'Univers est à moi. And that too, it speaks exactly about that. It speaks about, it, it means the universe is mine. And it's just a reminder that we can manifest literally anything we want. So to never forget that power and never give it away unnecessarily to other people. And so that's what I want to leave people with. Hopefully, you know, it sparked a little interest and we can connect and see you at some shows. And yeah, thank you so much. For our last conversation from the Montreal versus Racism Festival, I had a chat with Ms. Holmes. Ms. Holmes performed at the event, and afterwards, we talked about their music and their thoughts on the event. We also discussed Ms. Holmes' work as an organizer when they took part in the Slav Resistance Group. Hi, um, I'm Ms. Holmes, and I'm a singer-songwriter and performing artist in Montreal. And I got involved with the show because Paul Carniello just asked me to be involved because we worked together before on my record a few years ago. And so in the Montreal versus Racism show, that's a very, uh, there's a very specific agenda to the show. So how do you feel about that? Well, I think that the message of the show isn't as clear as it could be. I would have loved to see a bit more intention behind um, exactly what kind of a message they're trying to get across here. I think that everybody at the show today already understands that racism is bad and you know that's great but then where do we go from here? I, I think that the the idea for the show initially was to be something similar to Rock Against Racism which is a, a concert that was organized I think started in the UK in the 70s and 80s and uh, so that was more for raising your voice against the alt-right and for Nazi groups that were sort of becoming more vocal in the communities. Yeah, so I think that was the main idea behind the show, but uh, I think that it might have missed the mark a little bit. It has turned into a really nice community day, um, but I think that there's a lot more critical action that could be taking place, and as well as dialogue, if that's really the message that um, people like the organizers want to get across. And what do you think is the role of anti-racist dialogue within uh, music concerts, and what kind of do you envision that future to look like? Well, music can always play a role within that because any message you want to share, you can share through music. Um, Something that I would love to see, if this is truly what organizers, white members of the community who are leaders and are artists, could do, is that I think that they could do workshops maybe for youth who might be, um, specifically for white youth, who could be easily attracted by the idea of joining uh, a hate group. 
and they could work with music to get people to write songs against racism or to confront their own racism and actually talk about the ways in which they as white people uh, have learned racism because instead of just getting up on stage and saying we're not racist I think it's a lot more effective to to look at the ways in which we are racist and start from there and I think there needs to be a lot more community discussion which in, can include the arts um, but more in a critical thinking way and uh, you know if ever these people need need any help in putting together ideas for those kinds of things they could just pay people of color to consult and then do the work. So that's what I would love to see happen. I'm wondering within your own uh, music where that critical thinking piece, I'm wondering where that enters into your own music. Yeah, well, I have two different musical projects. So the project that I did today is really, it's for Ms. Holmes and it's, it's singer-songwriter. I don't focus necessarily on provocative or political statements in that work although I do most definitely have that present I like to think critically about the message that I'm delivering when I get on stage I like to think about the people who I organize with when doing concerts um, I'm vocal on social media about my views as well so that anybody who might be a fan of my work knows where I'm coming from and uh, yeah <laughs> Within that social media piece, what kind of dialogue are you having on social media right now with different uh, folks and what does that dialogue look like? Well, I guess right now, I, I was a part of the Slav Resistance group, which uh, was against a concert called Slav that was being produced in Montreal, which was a, a collection of African-American slave songs that were being performed as a theatrical odyssey, quote unquote, by a white director and a white lead singer with a all-white cast essentially um, so through social media we were able to do a lot of organizing around that which is really helpful um, as well uh, there's also like one-sided dialogue where I'm just voicing my opinions like on Instagram for instance <laughs> uh, but I have another project called Big Sissy and, and in that project um, it's a lot more political uh, I think a lot more about blackness and um, bodies and uh, I like to confront my audience with those things for that show so yeah I'm so glad that you mentioned Slav because uh, I was actually in Montreal kind of when this was happening and I loved seeing the posters that said uh, Betty de l'argent like Betty owes me money pay your black artists like I saw those posters and I was like yes I'm so glad that there is people are seeing that message because it needs to be seen and the way that whole situation um, was handled I'm very curious as to if there weren't grassroots movements speaking up about it who would have questioned that show or would there have been as much backlash as there is I'm very curious to know I don't think there would have been I mean we're in Quebec and Quebec has a real special type of racism <laughs> and you know the show was performed at a theater that's really considered to be a cultural hub. Um, it's funded by Hydro-Quebec. Um, of course, they got backing by TD, by Jazz Fest. Uh, it was one of the best-selling shows at the Jazz Festival. And I really don't think that, you know, they would have been very happy to go ahead with the show had we not been raising our voices about it. And, um, you know, that's one thing also about this show today is like, again, it's a, it's a wonderful community event, but um, I don't think that this is really actually creating any kind of change or there's any critical dialogue going on and I just see it as a form of um, performative allyship. 
What direction would you like to go through in the future with your own projects and your own work and your own music? Um, where do you see that going? I hope I start getting paid. Uh, <laughs> you know, nobody got paid for the work today, and I understand it's like volunteer. I, I would love to see an effort. You know, I, I'm sidetracking here, but with this kind of event, when you're talking about being anti-racist, I really think that you know, race is a is a power structure and if we want to shift the balance of power we need to give power to the people who are at the bottom so paying your artists like paying the artists of color specifically um, for the kind of work that they're doing today so I would love to see myself getting paid more for my work thank you so much for being really real with me today I really appreciate it you're welcome thanks for interviewing me Thank you very much to Ms. Holmes for those insights. We really appreciate the variety of opinions on the way that events come together. Community events can never be perfect, and we're always in the process of learning how to be better organizers. It's always worthwhile to reflect on what aspects of an event were successful and what aspects can be improved on. Thank you so much to everyone at the Montreal vs. Racism Festival for sharing their thoughts and giving us the opportunity to see what community organizing looks like from a variety of perspectives. Next stop on our tour of community events. We traveled to Edmonton to attend the Stay Woke Festival that took place at the Mercury Room on November 24th, 2018. Here to give us a description on the event and to tell us more about how it came together, we have MC and organizer Mozan. Stay Woke Festival is a artistic celebration of black and indigenous women and all women of color including trans and non-binary identities. So today at the Mercury Room we just provided a safe space for vendors, performers and guests to come and just network and really get to know one another with Rise and Apathy is Boring, they provided us with that platform to create this event and really start a foundation for the future generation and for Edmonton City to take over this event and make it into something that's huge and something that can become global eventually. And I just want to say that I'm really, really grateful for today. Before the event took place, the organizers got in touch with us. They invited the Unheard Youth podcast to have our very own listening station at the event. We created a preview for folks to listen to. Two of the youth that had been involved in the podcast, Hanif and Aisha, were at the listening station with me. In this next section, Aisha and Hanifa give their thoughts on the event. And I asked them what it was like to present the podcast and get feedback from folks. Hi, it's your girl Hanifa. Again, you already know. <laughs> One of our youngest youths. So let's go. Hi guys, it's your girl Aisha. <laughs> I'm 15 years old and I am a woman of color. I'm from Botswana. <laughs> I was born and raised there till I was eight. I came to Canada when I was eight and I've been living here for seven years in Edmonton since grade six. I'm in grade 11 now, so like that's <laughs> five years. And that is my story. <laughs> 
yeah we're here at the 2018 stay woke uh, festival today and there are a lot of performers we got people telling speeches stories poems there's food drinks going around a lot of performances door prizes and our youngest one aisha wants something today so you want to tell us how this went down um okay so like Hanifa she was like she dragged me to the table where we signed our names I'm like okay let's do it and then I went there put my name in and then there's a box that said are you 18 and up I'm like oh I'm not 18 and up I was like oh maybe I can't win because maybe you know age you know I went back to their table and you know I was putting on my Vaseline and then I heard my name being called I was like hold up is there a different Aisha and they're like I can't pronounce your name your last name but it starts with an M Mola PC and I'm like oh I was like super gassed. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. So I went up and I got a swag bag and it has like portable charger, a mug, a pencil. I really like the pencil. Then a pink nail polish because, you know, pretty in pink. Anyways, besides all that, we had a poet go up and she slayed the stage. Your girl's hijab was snatched in the process. I need to go find it right now. Um, but anyways, her name was... Lady Vanessa. Lady Vanessa, and she went up there and she took everything that was going on in her life and she basically just turned it into art. And that art really transcended from there. And I feel like a lot of the audience could really just kind of relate and just kind of take the time and just listen to her story. Aisha, what's your input on this? I honestly loved her. <laughs> I honestly loved her. Like when she walked up on stage, you know, you you think she was like gonna be quiet, but no. She, she she was proud of her story and I loved that she captivated me with her words. Like I was hanging on to every single word she said. And there's this, uh, the last poem, her last poem where she says, in the beginning there was word and we are the word. That really touched me. It's like, we are what we say we are. We create what we want with our words. Our words have a lot of impact on what we do and what we succeed and don't succeed in. And it's just like, it really touched me like i just love her message like she's proud of where she came from proud of all of her roots whether it be her latina side her um native side her african side she's proud of all of them and she lets that be known that she's not going to apologize for who she is and i feel like a lot of people a lot of females everybody in this world right now need to have role models that are like not apologetic of where they come from and they're not embarrassed of their stories because her story is so beautiful if it's okay if I ask a question, I was wondering, um, because we have our little booth set up, and we've had people listen to a little uh, part of the podcast, and I was just wondering how it feels to have people listen to you and have people listen to you talk and give you feedback. What's that been like? It was really good. Um, not going to lie, in, the, in my head, I was thinking that people were probably going to be opposed to what we were saying in our podcast, but it was the complete opposite, and people were like, we relate to this on a whole other level. They were talking about some of the stories that they picked up as they listened throughout it, and I was really happy about that, and we were able to just kind of have like a little discussion and just kind of laugh about it and just be able to just be on the same level and just like not be afraid to share our voices and just be loud. Aisha? Honestly, I felt like... Because I my, my voice isn't like in there, but I still felt like I could relate with the stories that were being told. And I feel like hearing other, what others have also gone through, it's like we're all in this together. It like creates a sense of unity. Like it doesn't matter where you're from. We face the same adversities. It may be to different extents, but we've all done it. And we're all here together. We're all here to uplift each other. Like I just love the positive feedback from everyone. 
I'm just curious if you've ever been to festivals like this before or like would you want more of this to happen or like how does it feel to be at an event where like women of color specifically are put on the spotlight? Uh, it's really good. I uh, Usually when I hear about these festivals, it's like poetry and whatnot, which isn't a bad thing. But coming to a festival was like Stay Woke, W-O-C, Women of Color. I'm here for it. And we're able to see a lot of other backgrounds, be able to share our stories, what we've been through, be able to like relate on that level and just be able to just kind of share everything and be out there and open and not feel insecure about it in any way. Um, honestly, I feel like it was about time. <laughs> like, women of color, we're looked down upon, like, a lot in life. And it's very hard for us to even to be given a chance where we could, like, represent ourselves and take back all the negatives that are said about us. Like, we're loud. Okay. We're not loud. We're passionate. We know what we want. And I just love that this uh, festival celebrates that it's taking back what has been said about us and bringing it into positive light again with the mass well some people would look at that and say that's not cute but no <laughs> it's not cute it's beautiful you're right it isn't cute it's amazing the lady who creates that she's talented so just because other people don't see us as what we are doesn't mean that we can't all come together and see each other as we are and I honestly feel like this is an amazing festival <laughs> yeah I love how um yeah you girls are so good at expressing yourselves like you're really like putting it into words of like yes feeling it lastly I'm just wondering can you explain quickly what you understand as Moss being okay from the presentation that <laughs> she presented it was a celebration of the slaves being free from the slave owners and they would go out and dress up as their slave owners and they just celebrate dance in the street and just be happy that they are now free they no longer have to be tied down and all the shackles that had been holding them down are now removed so it's like party to the new future in the next section, Aisha and Hanifa took on the role as interviewers and talked to two of the organizers for the festival. Enjoy this conversation with Stay WOC organizers Amina Ismail and Ria Aiden. Okay, so we're here with the ambassadors of Stay Woke, Amina Ismail and Ria Aiden. Okay, um, so how was it coordinating this event? A hot mess. Just kidding. <laughs> Loki, not kidding. It was a lot of work, but luckily it all turned out well. Some trials and errors, right? Yeah, so we started preparing for this event uh, in the summer. Uh, we're part of a group called RISE, which is a part of Apathy is Boring, uh, which is uh, trying to get young people between the ages of 18 and 30 engaged in uh, politics and civic engagement uh, and just being a part of the community. So our cohort this year uh, happened to be mostly women of color, so we decided this is an area we'd like to focus on. So that's how Stay Woke came out. Um, yeah, and we've been working on it every ever since then. We meet every Wednesday <laughs> from six to nine p.m. and have really great ethnic foods and uh, just get together and figure out how to do this. And here we are today. Part one is over, and we're starting part two in a yes. bit. Yes. 
When is the next? When is the next event? Oh, yeah, what is the next? Oh, you know what? Hopefully there will be next year. We hope that this event can continue on in future. Yeah. This is a program that was sponsored and got money by Rise, but we want to uh, really keep it continuous, keep relations with everyone. Like we were part of the vendor committee, so we were like we want to collaborate in the future, and a lot of the artists as well, and you guys as a podcast. So that way we can continue this because there's not a lot of spaces in Edmonton that are focused on women of color. It's usually POC, like people of color, and it's usually male dominated, or it's women and it's white people dominated so and a lot older ages as well because yeah. usually if you do see women yeah well, it's like people. older ages older so. age women so now that this event is going on right now currently could you name some of the favorite things that have happened like uh, some of the performers that came up like the poets like could you name a couple of them that you liked the most no favoritism here yeah honestly <laughs> Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we are so thankful for all the vendors and artists and everyone who came to contribute uh, and volunteered and organized. But at one point, I think it was Nisha Patel. I've never heard of her, her poem poetry before. But she had this poem about uh, Eat, Love, Pray. And I know so many people that love that movie, including myself. Like, my basic side comes out. <laughs> and when she was like... People travel to these countries to find themselves on the expense of other people. I was like, that spoke to me. I had goosebumps. So that was that was my aha woke moment. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with the Eat, Pray, Love one. I'm not sure if the one mentioning the chai tea latte was a part of that, Eat, Pray, Love, or if that was a different one. Yeah, that one is really good. Talking about just like how, you know, being in a different country, your taste buds, like literally, I don't know. Just, it was Well, it was deeper than that. Like, I can't. I'm not that deep, but it was deep. Just know that. You know, I have to shout out to my vendors because we hey, were shout out, shout yeah, out because we were responsible for the vendors. Uh, it was so great seeing a lot of handcrafted cultural artifacts, artistry, talents out here. We I got my henna did. It's really cool. Shout out to Henna by the Nile. Um, and all our vendors and performers, uh, if they're on social media, are tagged on our Stay Woke Yeg IG and stuff. So. But we're going to end it right there, and I think we will continue on with the night. Hanifa out. That's it for this episode on community events entitled Organizing Together. We wanted to gain an understanding of the importance of events that are created for folks who don't always get a voice, and see how these events can connect to our sense of identity and belonging. We wanted folks to understand that event organizing will never be perfect, but it's always worthwhile to try and understand what is and isn't working and how we can strive to be better in the future. We wanted to thank everyone that attended and participated in these events. We also wanted to thank everyone who put in so much work behind the scenes to make these events possible. A big thank you as well to everyone whose voices were featured on the podcast, including Paul Carniello, Aza, Ms. Holmes, Hanifa, Aisha, Mozan, Amina Ismail, and Ria Aiden. We would also like to thank our friends and partners at CGSR 88.5 FM and the Edmonton Community Foundation. This project has been made possible in part by the Government of Canada. Ce projet a été rendu possible en partie grâce au gouvernement du Canada. Thank you to Chivenji for providing the music featured in the podcast. 
Now that you've heard from us, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out on social media. You can reach us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at unheard underscore youth. For the first half of this episode, we wanted to acknowledge that these recordings took place on the traditional territory of the Kanyang Kehaga. The island called Montreal is known as Jochjoke in the language of the Kanyang Kehaga. We wanted to acknowledge our presence on the territories of the Mohawk or Kanyang Kehaga, Huronwendat, and Haudenosaunee. The second half of this episode took place on Amiskwichiwiskaigan, Edmonton, Alberta. The Centre for Race and Culture acknowledges that we are located on Treaty 6 territory, traditional homelands for many Indigenous peoples, including the Nehio, Soto, Nitsitape, Métis, Dene, and Nakoda. We pay our respects to ancestors past and present who call this land home. I've been your host, Rose Eva Forks Jenkins.